Welcome to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. My name is Sabrina Monarch, and I want to introduce this show to you before we begin this journey together. I want to invite you to this show formally and offer that if you find yourself resonating with any of the episodes, this show is for you. I have been putting my voice out onto the internet for a while now. It honestly started when I was 11 and I joined an online writing community and that was a life changer for sure. But I've been writing an astrology blog and I've been forming connections to people online. And what I've really discovered is that the internet is this massive opportunity. It is an opportunity of freedom. It is a place of connection and it is a place of resonance. And it often is a place of finding connections where we didn't know that those connections existed. It's one of my deepest core values to share authentically over the internet to see who picks up on it. I don't necessarily need to know, though I love to know. I love hearing back from readers or as this podcast goes on, I'm going to love to hear from you. But part of the exercise or part of this great leap into the unknown when it comes to communicating creatively or communicating spiritually or, you know, both on the internet is that people are going to respond in time. And if I were to measure or calculate my communications to fit an audience that already existed, I would be missing out on the great opportunity of seeing who's out there, who is going to catch the signal that I'm sending out. I am someone who's really passionate about energy. I didn't actually think I was going to say that. Um, To be honest, for this episode, I'm kind of just free flowing with my soul over here. But the thread that I'm dropping or starting to unfold with talking about energy is that after I got deeper into astrology, now I've been into it since I was a kid, but I started to get really deep into it in 2012 when I learned evolutionary astrology and soon it became my business and it was my number one life goal. I must be an astrologer. Like that is what I'm called to do here. And I was given the task of discovering how can I communicate things about people to themselves, you know, things about people's charts to them. How can I look at a chart and have something meaningful to say, something that resonates? Over time, of course, I learned a lot about people skills and about listening skills and about collaborations within a reading. But before I figured that part out, I wanted to be accurate. I wanted to look at a chart and know its truth. And so this wasn't exactly, however, the first time that I started having visual confirmations of psychic insight. So let me back up. There was one dramatic time in my life where I spoke my truth under duress. I took a big risk. I said something dangerous, but it was my truth. And in that moment, I saw a firework of blue lights explode into the air. 
And then I didn't see those lights again for maybe six, seven months. And then they started to come back. I would see like one a day and the light would pop into my field of vision at the same timing as a particularly exalted thought or feeling like a realization or an epiphany. And I started to notice that I could see more and more lights if I kind of edited my thoughts. So I would throw different thoughts out in my mind's eye or like kind of look at a wall and think, and I could talk and get nothing. And I would keep revising my thoughts and trying to get deeper into the core of what I was trying to understand. And then I would get to a place where I saw a light. And a big part of my spiritual path is to do the things that make me see the lights as often as possible. Now I see them when I write. Now I see like thousands of them a day. I see them when I do yoga. I see them when other people are talking and I love them so much. But the lights are also what has given me the courage to express my ideas on the internet In tandem with seeing these lights and having this kind of expansive spiritual experience that began in 2012 with a dramatic spiritual awakening experience that I talk about in the second episode titled How Evolutionary Astrology Saved My Life, in this time period when I was learning about evolutionary astrology, I learned about all the archetypes of the signs and the planets, and they're all really juicy and full of wisdom and full of teachings. I mean, the magic of applying this knowledge or learning how to read it in a natal chart or learning how to make sense of the placement of the planets at any given time is another beautiful part of astrology. And by the way, this show isn't exclusively about astrology. It's actually way more about spiritual lifestyle. And however, I aim on this show to provide information about astrology and to create more portals and more access points into it. If that's something that you want to learn, I'm obsessed with it. So I just want to share it. But one of the archetypes that I had learned about two of them actually, the planet Uranus and Aquarius, the sign that is ruled by Uranus in modern astrology. I learned about this concept of just being oneself and by virtue of that, like-minded people will be attracted to you. And that, that same archetype, Uranus and Aquarius, can relate to the ways that we pick up on channels of like group thought or group think and we follow trends or we do things to belong because there's an impulse within us in this life and in a series of lifetimes to individuate, to become who we are, you know, to embody our real essence. And there's certain obstacles to doing that that are internal. You might argue they're all internal and that everything else is a dream, but I like to think they're internal and external. We have our internal ways that we kind of judge ourselves or we've given internalized judgments from the outside. We have our own traumas, our own blockages, etc. And then there's the external where we want to fit in. We want to be accepted by culture. We want to be accepted by our family and friends. And so there's these reasons that we conform. And we might even conform to a group of unusual people, you know, join a kind of subculture, but we're still conforming to that subculture. 
I learned about these different ways that we might individuate and conform. And it started to give me like ideas and license for how I might walk my own path. And I had never really heard the idea before, or at least not in a way that touched me, this virtue of just be yourself and you will discover community, you will discover friends. Because before that, I really thought that if I were to come out and externalize these more unusual parts of my personality or these things that I would think about that I didn't hear anyone else talking about, I thought that if I did that, that I would be alone, that I would be outcast, that I would just be weird. And when I was a kid, you know, I would say things and kind of feel like they fell on deaf ears. I had that experience a lot, like in school, and I think I was very shy and I became a little bit withdrawn in certain ways because I would be in a conversation with a group of people and I would be trying so hard to think of something to say. And by the time I found something to say, the conversation had already long passed the point where that would have fit in. And I... Whenever I did kind of share or contribute something, I often felt like it didn't land or no one would respond. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't take personality tests. I didn't study astrology then. I didn't know anything about human design or like any of these tools about understanding the self where every time I take those tests, I score as being like really unusual or really different. And it makes so much sense and it's pretty validating. But then... In 2012, and this spiritual cauldron that I was in and all these massive life events really put me in touch with a part of myself that I wasn't willing to let go of or waver from. I wasn't scared about being validated or being believed anymore. I felt an inner sense of worthiness, and I felt like I was in touch with ideas that brought me alive, literally ideas that sent chills up my spine and made me see lights. And so I became more courageous in putting my ideas out on the internet. And then I had the pleasure of having people respond, getting emails back from people and starting to form friendships and relationships with people because of these ideas that I was sharing. And I also got to learn from people that were reading me and I did some astrology research when I lived in Olympia, Washington, where I interviewed people about themselves and looked at their needle charts and gave people the opportunity to just share their life story with me. And I learned so much about people. I was really, you know, honored by that experience. It was so beautiful to learn about where people had come from and the challenges that people had faced and overcome. It was beautiful to learn about patterns, you know, different things that people feel like they're alone. And I would hear multiple people, even across the globe, you know, talking to people on Skype where they felt alone, but they felt alone about the same thing. And they didn't know that there were other people out there. And that gave me even more desire to share things on the internet because I wanted to connect with people who might feel alone and share the things about reality that used to make me feel alone. I also know that There's something very regulating and soothing and healing and necessary about community and that we grow and evolve and we learn together in community. And so one of my desires for this podcast being a spiritual lifestyle podcast is to have conversations that help people 
feel a deeper sense of connection to themselves and help spark conversations in their communities. I've been listening to podcasts as I've been getting interested in starting a podcast and there's different podcasts I've been listening to that have changed my life. And sometimes I get so excited about the ideas that I pick up from them that I am telling all my friends about it. And I realized that You know, I thought about this a while ago on Facebook, where Facebook used to be um, a big place of creativity for me. I still go on Facebook, but I don't post statuses as often as I once did. But it was a time where that was one of my sources of um, creativity. And I started to realize that some people use Facebook as a place to offload their frustrations, to complain, And I saw Facebook not as just this imaginary space, like social media is a a location. It's an imaginal even location that we all co-create together. We're all contributing to it. People are sharing their thoughts. And as I was reading other people's statuses, it would affect me. You know, sometimes I might be annoyed. Other times I might be inspired. Other times I might laugh. You know, it was like, it wasn't like these words were without impact. And something that's been a huge part of my spiritual path and personality even, and that I've been discovering more and more as I get to know myself more in this incarnation is that I have an interest in helping to reduce suffering on the planet. Sometimes I see, well, there's a few different ways that this has affected me or has influenced my life. One is that I've had different times in my life of being immersed, like embroiled in a kind of suffering and really believing that it was never going to end. That was just my own psychology in this. But when I got free of that and I saw that there was another way, it was so amazing. And I I felt like it was knowledge and I wanted to share that knowledge in some way. Now I think I'm a little bit more tempered and I might be going through stuff and I know that this too shall pass and all of that. But I'm still, I'm really interested in the intricacies of personal evolution. When I started to get an interest in sharing my voice on the internet, something that I realized was kind of blossoming within me was that I would see patterns of suffering or like these thought forms that people had that were causing suffering or, you know, these ways that people were suffering. And I wanted to provide content to create things that alleviated suffering on the planet. I didn't necessarily directly oppose or attack viewpoints. I learned pretty quickly that doing that didn't get the effect that I want. But I tried to discover other possibilities. So I would imagine what would be the the highest version of this situation or what would it look like for utopia to exist or you know, just these kind of imaginal questions. And I would try to kind of channel those realities or to imagine solution-based thinking. And I would put those ideas out there and I would get the response from people that my ideas were really soothing. When it comes to astrology, I write these weekly forecasts. And with all the archetypes and any kind of event that's happening astrologically at any given time, there's a whole pantheon of possibilities of how these things can manifest, you know, really infinite possibility. 
but they're archetypally thematic. And so there can be these shadow expressions of these archetypes or challenging expressions of these archetypes, as well as great opportunities and great potentials. And that's been a, a metric or kind of a, a system of how I approach creating astrology content is I either, you know, it's either from my intuition and from channeling and working with the lights and also just picking up experience, like things I've witnessed, things I've observed, things I've read and researched, you know, what are the challenging, what are the difficult aspects of this dynamic? And then I get into another kind of channeling imaginal space of like, what's the possibility I imagine, or I research, or I come in contact with people who are successful at certain things, people who exude life force, people who are happy, people who have overcome difficulties. And I track that in a sense, you know, what is it about their thinking or their method that has gotten them into this place? And so the way that I approach information is I want to be helpful. I want to be kind. I want to create portals that expand possibility and increase love on the planet. I'm very idealistic, as you might be able to tell. So this podcast, I want to bring in other people and I want to share some solo episodes to basically just share ideas that can improve life and can improve happiness. I'm really interested in wellness. I want to talk about spiritual lifestyle. So what does it mean to be a spiritual person in the world? And that can include things like business and entrepreneurship, as well as, you know, health and kind of like your your lifestyle stuff. What does it mean to integrate spirituality into your daily life? Because when I was younger, I didn't really know what that looked like. You know, I've been figuring it out as I go. I read the Tao Te Ching when I was 18 and I felt really depressed afterwards because I felt like what I had read was true. But I was like, I'm not ready to stop being an asshole. Like that was the phrase that came to my mind. And it's not that I really heavily identified with being an asshole, but I guess 18-year-old me knew that to some extent I wasn't actually living in my highest spiritual or moral integrity. And I didn't yet kind of have a framework to understand how maybe I didn't have to be that at 18 years old, that maybe that part of my journey was okay to be just that way. And astrology really opened the doors for me in terms of living spiritually because I got a sense of process, you know, these cycles that we go through and developmental processes. And so I could connect to experiences that were happening in the moment instead of imagining that they needed to be farther along or something like that. And it grounded me into the present moment. Obviously, I want to talk about astrology on the show. I want to explain astrological concepts, share interpretations of things, and create invitations for you to begin your own astrology practice. I teach an online intensive course. It's a 45-hour program, and I roll them out every couple of months, so stay tuned. I'll be announcing them on the show. And you can also go to my website, monarchastrology.com, to read the forecast and also to see when my next class is. It's an online course. And the intention behind the class is to give people the foundational knowledge and tools to be able to have astrology be part of their life. You know, I want to get you to a place where you understand 
you have a felt sense inside of you of what the different archetypes mean. You know how to use your intuition to combine archetypes in your mind, like Venus and Gemini. And you can not just have to look that up in a book or look it up on the internet, but you can actually reflect and gain insight on what that means. But if you also know how to read charts, you might know your friends who have that placement and you start to pick up observations. Astrology is really an art of correlation, which involves observation. The course is something I love teaching. I love the relationships that I get to have with students. I love the group field that's created and the enthusiasm about learning astrology. It's so special. Some other things that I want to talk about on the podcast. I want to talk about sexuality. I want to bring in people who are tantric practitioners or teachers. I feel that sex and spirituality are so deeply connected. You know, they can be. They can be divorced. But sex is energy exchange, and there's a lot of potential within sexuality for magic and spiritual evolution and personal evolution, you know, the discovery of parts of ourselves that we make contact with through peak experience. Peak experience is another passion of mine, just like the pursuit of ecstasy and bliss. I think that sometimes we're taught that those, you know, we shouldn't get that high, that it's kind of dangerous, you know, you don't want to be disappointed. Um, It's you're inflated if you feel so happy. But I've had, you know, check out my second episode because I've had, I've experienced the consequences um, of getting really high and that being intervened. And by high, I'm talking about like ecstatic experience. After that, though, I realized that these experiences we have of ecstasy and expansion show us what's possible. And then we are given the task afterwards of integrating those accelerated and heightened ideas into our daily mundane lives. So if you have a peak experience, if you experience such adventure and such bliss, it changes the standards of how you perceive the rest of your life. You might realize that there's certain things you do on a daily basis that are deadening and you don't want to do them anymore. And of course, we don't want to just go to peak experience as a way to escape. But when peak experience can be a place of learning and channeling and bringing those heightened experiences back in a grounded fashion into our lives, that's a really important part of spiritual growth. And I think that, you know, I began talking about sexuality. I think that sexual discovery and discovering our pleasure potential and, you know, expanding our sense of ability to receive pleasure and to feel worthy of pleasure. And that's not just talking about sexuality, but in all areas of life, you know, to feel worthy of love. That is such a huge transformation. Another thing, you know, I want to talk about psychology on this show and depth psychology and a huge breakthrough in my journey has been understanding or just coming into contact with the idea that spirituality and psychology are in a kind of continuum together. They're in a reflective feedback loop relationship. I don't know if you've ever had those times where you're just like looking up at the sky or like you know, God, if you believe in God, or you're just saying, you know, if there is a God, you know, WTF, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? And you like have this kind of like angst. Um, 
And, you know, those experiences happen. I've been there. But we form these ideas sometimes about reality, whether it's on a psychological level or a spiritual level where it's, um, you know, I'm safe, I'm protected, I'm cared for, or I'm not safe, I'm not protected, I'm not cared for. And those apply to psychology, you know, our internal state. And it also applies to how we perceive the universe. A lot of us are on healing journeys. You know, I'm getting more of a sense of how to describe what that is, but I've definitely been on a healing journey. I'm way different than how I was seven years ago when that spiritual emergence began. But it also created a huge trauma in my life when my spiritual um, awakening was misunderstood and I was kind of, I got unwanted psychiatric attention and there's more details about it in the second episode. So I'm not going to go into it too much, but that was a really traumatic time for me. And afterwards I, I learned a lot to process that, but I also healed things inside of me. Like I healed thought forms I had that weren't serving me. I kind of altered my nervous system I learned how to try on thoughts and feelings intentionally and to see how they felt in my body. You know, first I had to learn some detachment, the witness consciousness to be able to not identify with everything that was going on in my internal chaos, but to get a step away from it. And then from that deeper witness place, which I called my soul and still do, I would try on different thoughts and try on different feelings. And some of them made me feel really excited on the inside, you know, sometimes giving me chills, making me feel really happy. And so I started to discover that I had an internal compass. One of the reasons I love astrology so much and why I write about it every week is that I think that astrological language can put us back in touch with our compass because something will resonate with us or spark us and Whatever is being sparked, you know, that part of us that is connected to that electrical impulse is a piece of the self and there's an opportunity there for self-knowledge. Another thing that I'm really excited about for this podcast is that I've been this astrology writer and I've been teaching astrology and a lot of my ventures have been solo. I mean, even this podcast is solo to the extent that it's my show. But I am really lit up about the idea of collaboration. I really want to communicate with other minds and hearts and souls. I had a dream, you know, when I was younger that I've watched shift and take new form. And, you know, I I was onto something. The dream is real, but I'm unfolding it and I'm discovering it as I go. And the dream had a lot to do with, you know, I wanted to be in interaction with great minds. And this was coming from the earlier version of me who identified primarily as a writer. Like I said, I was into astrology, but I didn't think I was going to be an astrologer and I wasn't that deep into it, but I was into it. I identified primarily as a writer and I really wanted my work to be published. I wanted to be in a community of writers and I wanted to be in conversation with great minds. And that was the dream. It's expanded. It's not just about minds because I see people as souls. So there's that. But 
One form that it's taking through this podcast is that this podcast is an invitation to have conversations that I may have not had before. And it's also an invitation to share conversations. And I really think that as a a global community, we're evolving together and there's different ways that evolution happens. You know, it can happen in social structures. It can happen in government. It can happen in family units. It definitely happens in the individual. Our internal evolution changes the world. And I'm so passionate about that. But our conversations that we have in community shape the kind of thought forms that we're co-creating together as a world. And that shapes things like our policies and our laws and things like how we're going to treat the earth and how we're going to communicate with the sentient living being that is the earth in the times to come. So that's another thing I've gotten incredibly passionate about lately is the earth. It's actually really funny to think about because I have formed really deep love relationships with the planets, you know, out to Pluto and even the asteroids. And they're enchanted to me. You know, I have visions from them. I have dreams related to the planets. I get these sparks of feeling them because I'm seeing the alignments of the planets being mirrored on earth or being mirrored inside of myself. And I, I get to know them, but that love that I have for these far out, you know, sentient, I believe the planets are sentient beings has brought me back to earth in a way different way than I could have ever imagined because that kind of love has primed me or opened me up to greater amounts of love. And then I go outside and I connect with trees and I ask trees and plants for messages or um, I don't know how to forage wild plants. I would love that knowledge. But when I've gone out with other people who know that and I'm blessed with the opportunity to forage and I come home and I make something with it and I eat that, like... That is so profound to me and it makes me fall so in love with the earth. And I've just had these breakthroughs about love of the earth. And I know that ecology and climate crisis and like these are big things that we're facing right now as a globe. And I think that we may all be called to engage with the evolution of the planet in our own unique ways. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say what I think that my purpose is as I understand it to be right now. But I think that my purpose is around spreading love and helping to bring ideas into circulation that soothe people's nervous systems, shift perspectives in a way that's meaningful for people and signal boosts, maybe transformative or loving ideas. And I feel like my whole life I've been so attracted to information that sparks me or enlivens me or is so beautiful. And those are the kind of things that I want to create. I think it's a great practice, by the way, to come up with grand visions and dreams for yourself and to speak them into existence. A really good soul sister of mine was talking about that the other day, and she shared some of her affirmations that she says in the morning that she's like dreaming into existence and living into those things. That's a really big, powerful tool in our spiritual lifestyles is to discover the art of the word being our wand or that I am statements are really powerful. You can say, I want to be, or someday I hope to be, 
When you get to the place where you are saying I am and you're grounding that into your being and you're making decisions and you're thinking thoughts and you're feeling feelings that correlate with those ideas, you're being a creator. So in general, my wish for this podcast is to spread love on the planet and I want to share ideas that are illuminating and inspiring and are portals to enhanced realities and also combine that with really practical insights or tools and techniques that can ground this kind of heightened portal um, into something that can be applied. And the word global friendship comes to mind because it's something that I think about often. I think that friendship is the revolution. I think that friendship dissolves animosity and friendship dissolves boundaries and friendship dissolves judgments. And there's a lot of different ways that I think about global friendship. I think about the astrology community and these friends that I literally have all over the world and that that's been a dream of mine for a while. But I also think about global friendship in terms of humanity evolving to a place where we love each other and we get along. And I think that that is an invitation to develop complexity because I think that if we already were evolved to that point, then that would exist, you know, and the way that it's not expressed in the external world, which is a conglomeration of a bunch of different souls, can reflect ways that we haven't yet realized that potential within. And I think that as we realize how to create more love where there wasn't, how to create more connection where there wasn't, we're doing work for the planet. And I, I hesitate with the word work. I mean, I think we're doing evolution for the planet. It's love for the planet. And again, call me idealistic, but I mean, so what? We need idealism to dream into reality, new ways of being. And that's one of my favorite things to do. Now that you've heard a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about, I invite you to check out some of the episodes and to check out my website, monarchastrology.com, where you can read the weekly forecasts and check out my courses. You can also sign up for my mailing list, which is how you'll be informed about courses as they roll out and also get the weekly forecasts straight to your inbox. I would love to hear from you and hear what you think about this episode or any of the episodes. So feel free to find me on Instagram. My name there is Sabrina Monarch. And DM me or comment on any of the the posts about the podcast and you know share what you learned or what you connected with um, or what wisdom you want to share and signal boost. Thank you for being here with me and I'm looking forward to adventures with you.